0: Favorite foods! Original pieces, people! We yeah. just gotta buy a mirror! Here. Come on! Come on! I did it, Alana! I gave all the clothes to the homeless people! Good job, bud. Originals. Tapas. I'm into them. How about two? I mean they're 40 bucks,
1: but I'm feeling really great, right? I'm in a great mood. I'll give you two for 60. Love it. Oh, I'm in two dollars. We'll take it. No way. Alana. No way. No. I'm like, what am I gonna sell my soul? $2. Okay, let's do it. that's hysterical. $40, huh? Yeah, which is a a really great deal, uh, considering the art we'll only continue to appreciate. Of course shrimp cocktail's Ron Howard's favorite food. He probably has it three or four times a week, that pussy. Uh, It's a fictional series based on the artist's imagination. Um, Wait a minute, you mean this is not real?
0: Like, Bruce Springsteen's favorite food's not a tomato? No, I mean, he's from Jersey, so I,
1: I put him with the tomato, because I was like, that's a marriage, you know, that works. Oh, wow, come sucked. on, this is unbelievable. What kind of is this? What? it? that f- unbelievable? Forty. I give you $40, I'm gonna get a little more than artwork from you over there, sweet cheeks. Why are you fuck my Hey, dick? listen, I've been there, sweetie. I've been there. To my dick? Yeah. coming to you live from Seattle, Washington, Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. Uh, we are recording on uh, May 1st. Mayday, Mayday. Uh, Westlake Center wee, is wee, going wee. down. Is it? Wee, wee, wee. That's what our city councilwoman, Swat, said. Uh, she said, take over the freeways. Take over the light rail. Take down the airport. Oh, okay, so that's
0: why they were sheriffs uh, at the light rail station.
1: Oh, yeah, because she's uh, our city councilwoman is... is Giving people the idea she wants to fucking shake the system up, man. I don't know if I agree with her or disagree with her. I mean, I'm down with mayhem. Here on Grill on, grill on Hot Long Steak, mister. Oh, shit. I dropped a steak. Mayhem. Well, it's, <laughs> uh, I am your host, Bobby Stills, across from me. I don't know if I like his haircut, but I do like his new baby's head. He is. Johnny Tsunami. Why are you hating on my haircut? It's the same haircut I get all the time. Oh, no. It's just more peanut-ish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, this is episode 70 of Grow How long, Same master. We ate it to 70 episodes, man. I know. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, got- luckily we produce ourselves or else. <laughs> <laughs> no producer would stick with us. Because it was up to Keith, The this uh, podcast would be literally uh, 15 minutes long. <laughs> Did, out there, all that we just did a uh, we just did a uh, Facebook Live video <laughs> uh. promoting this episode that we're recording right now. If you guys uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, it's me Grill homong Steak Mister. Uh, at the end of the show, I think we're gonna do an Instagram video. You know, social media's not so with it anymore. Was yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just too many. Although I did upload that Instagram video, that picture of that caviar. That shit was bomb, dude, with the creme fraiche, toast points. Ooh. My girl says you take really shitty pictures of food. Whatever, dog. That was, how? <laughs> what, what does she know? First of all, what does she know? <laughs> Sarah, that's fucked up, dog. Messed up. All right. She any, told me not to tell you, but. Well, I mean, at least I know where she stands. On it's <laughs> on, on, your your, fo- on your photography. You didn't like that picture? I mean, it was fine. Why do I sound so like, hi today? Probably because you're stupid. Oh man, this is fucking. Hell anyway, again. Uh, welcome to the episode. We are going to be talking about, um, I don't know, a couple fun things. Uh, yeah. Do you, you want to start off with the email or do you want to start off with a couple updates real quick? I think we'll start off with a couple updates. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, work update. I'm not supposed to be doing them anymore, but no. uh, I'll say one thing I got busted on, which I got to take this into consideration when I'm bitching about other people. Uh, I need to look inward to myself. Uh, I got called out because. My boss was like, you're always the one running hard talking about, uh, just ask me to do anything. You'll do it. Just let somebody know. Like... It needs to be done and you'll do it. Um, You give 150%. But then I just took off the other day without doing something and didn't tell nobody. Uh, (laughs) And it was truly a mistake. You know, I was supposed to do it in the morning. I got caught up doing something else. So it wasn't in my routine. And then before I left, I had mentioned to somebody else uh, that it needed to be done. Well, then I was not reminded that it needed to be done. And I just Uh. went ahead and took off. But your boy got my back. And which I thanked him very much for. He didn't say anything. He didn't call me out. He didn't tell anybody else. He just went ahead and did it himself and just pulled me to the side and was like, so I asked him, I like, straight up like, hey, you know, how do you think I'm doing? What's, what's up? Looking for some guidance. Hey, bro, bro. Some, yeah, hey, bro, bro. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's that. Uh, eating some places. I just want to say, um, fuck, what is uh, Troy's last name? He's the chef, uh, sous chef out at Rock Creek uh, in Fremont. We had brunch there finally. We had that. Sh- oh, did you see my boy Anthios? He Uh has, like, a skullet, shaved head, and, like, a ponytail on top. I don't know. There was a a soulless ginger in the kitchen. (laughs) I work with a ginger. He has much soul. (laughs) He's, like,
0: the hoodest motherfucker I've ever met.
1: Much soul. Much soul. Much soul. soul. Um, Yeah, we were having a discussion about gingers the other day, and it's how, like, you know, all gingers usually the badass kids in school, you know. I think it was that movie Problem Child. <laughs> <laughs> they got labeled as the bad kids. They're just dark and sadistic. They're the ones you picture killing killing small animals. Yeah, but it's always the brunette. And I, my sister's redheaded, so I got love for redheaded people out there. But I also tortured her a lot, which is. So, <laughs> um, but I want to shout out Troy. We had an excellent, excellent uh, brunch. And while I was there, I ran into Kelly Conrad. I think it was like Kelly Connor. Uh, he used to be the chef at Can Can uh, down in uh, Pike Place Market. But now, I was kept thinking he was out on Whidbey Island, but yeah, he is, uh, I guess, chef at Roach Harbor Event Space, which is in San Juans. That sounds dope. So I'm glad I connected with him. I just ran into him randomly. I was like, did you move back? But he was like, come out there, bring your lady, and uh, we'll hook it up. So sh- he listens to the show. I wanted to say what's up. Uh, thank Troy for uh, hooking me and a couple friends up. It was delicious. And uh, Johnny's the one that's got the news update uh, on uh, his work. Is Shit's going down so we opened y'all opened y'all it was crazy the struggle is real the struggle
0: is real um so we opened no soft opening we went hard and fast um we opened on wednesday the 26th of uh april and we did a limited menu but it was still it's still pretty large i mean it's like six sides four mains um about five apps and then we do like four starters. Um we got pig ears on the menu, we got crackling, we got chitlins, we got southern rice, which is uh just Carolina gold rice with some butter and salt. It's like super bomb. We're doing gumbo, catfish, and grits with red sauce, we're doing oxtails, we're doing um smothered pork chops with mushroom gravy. We're doing quite a bit. Um, it's a lot of prep. It's a lot of uh hard methodical work I guess you could say because it's like you just can't make gumbo and use it that day like it needs to sit overnight and absorb all that good flavor um, right now we're doing it with quail but next week we might switch over to chicken because you know we just kind of use what product we have um, it was a great success I have no complaints other than the fact that I'm exhausted um, we were pushing 100 plus numbers every night we have a no, wait, we have a no reservation policy at our restaurant week uh, no, it's actually dope because
1: He has he has um, <coughs> reservations at his other restaurant
0: Yeah, because it's different Like Solari Solari is supposed to be like more of the fine dining Like, you know, get that experience But when you come to June Baby It's supposed to be more about um, The spur of the moment Like Southern hospitality sort of thing Like, you know, like Oh, I want to go eat some of this I'm going to go check out and see what's going on there And uh, it works, man We had We had a line We had a
1: line At five o'clock every day. Am I gonna have to wait when I come there? Yeah, and you're not getting free food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not asking for the free food. I'm just asking for. But you're. It depends on what
0: time. It depends on what time you come. It's actually kind of. It's like it's it's cool and it's stressful at the same time because we do specialty dinners every night as well mm. so like on wednesdays we do smoked turkey legs on thursday we do mac and cheese on friday we do brisket on saturday we do barbecue dinner which is sausage ribs brisket uh, a little bit of pickles some hot sauces who's prepping for all this we are
1: and running a normal service
0: and running a normal service beasting yeah dude it's difficult And then on Sunday, or on, yeah, on Sunday, fried chicken. It's fried chicken Sundays. Uh, We haven't done that yet because uh, Chef is at James Beard, um, about to go get that award because my boss is a boss. He's taking it home? I think he's taking it home. I think his only competition, Best
1: Chef Northwest. Best Best Chef Northwest. Yeah,
0: I think his only competition right now is Ox. In Portland, I want to say. I've never been there, but from what people are saying, they're doing good stuff it's Good stuff there. when I hear. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so it that's what kind of makes it stressful because we do these specialty dinners. So people come in and they come in at like 8.30, 9 o'clock and they're expecting to get these specialty dinners. And we're like, nah, we sold out at like, 7.30. <laughs>
1: so, well, speaking of James Beard, I just want to interject real quick. Um, the James Beard winner for best podcast, food podcast, the four top. Did you
0: see this shit? Uh, I looked them up. I didn't listen to it, but uh, I I mean, I get they're
1: on NPR, so they kind of got... So that publicity. It, it's, it's, it's from the Oregon public broadcasting, but it's picked up by NPR. It's ran through NPR and it goes like this, savor the conversation. Every other Monday, a round table of culinary media insiders discuss today's hot button topics and food and beverage culture hosted by Catherine Cole. Um, I listened to it. I started to listen to it. I've never heard of it before. Um, Shit is. Um, I mean, it's legit. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're only up to seventeen episodes. Um, they do it every other week, and I mean, they got some, they got some bomb guests on here. I guess maybe our podcast isn't aimed directly at that kind of everybody out there in the world. I guess we have a like st- white housewives. <laughs> <laughs> Well I mean they yeah. I mean the juice cleanse they have let me see, Breakfast Insanity. We did a juice episode. Dieting out apps, talking trash about food waste. I mean we talk about some of the same stuff. Oh yeah. My problem is is with it is it just seems square as fuck. Yeah. Um It's super clean, all that good stuff. I don't know. I don't want to talk too much shit. I've only listened to two episodes of them, but um, I can't even bitch about it because we (laughs) totally forgot. to. We didn't submit our podcast to um, the James Beard Foundation. So there's always next year, you guys. We could have been there. No, I don't think we would have been invited there. This we would have been in Sh- Sh- Chi-Town, Illinois. We still might go there for the, the, food, the food equipment uh Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Thing. I'm a jigger. So anyway, yeah, I just want to congratulate uh, these people uh, at the four top. Uh, but hate at the same time? Oh, fucking most definitely <laughs> hate, son. Step your game up, man. Talk about some real shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Grocery store checkout talk? Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Food network champion tells all? I don't know. I can't. Why truffles are like drugs? What the fuck, man? Truffles, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Truffles overrated Definitely. They're delicious. They add great flavor. But for the price... They add like $35 here. Get the fuck out of here with that (laughs) shit. I mean, I'm all about adding truffles on top of my shit, right? If I want to be extravagant in my shit, it'll take it to the next, you know, over the top. But man, I'm not with that shit, man. Well, that dude on Top Chef, he won the first
0: round because he shaved truffles over his... (laughs) Cheater. Right? And I'm like... That's nice, boo-boo Was that his secret
1: ingredient or whatever? Yeah, he pulled
0: it out of back. He's like, you're allowed to bring five ounces of whatever ingredients I pulled want. it out of my
1: butthole <laughs> I smuggled this in from Cambodia <laughs> Cambodian truffles? <laughs> Cambodia? I'll eat the finest of Cambodian truffles <laughs> Anyway, back to Johnny uh, So Chef is gonna you, you, you wanna put a dollar on it? Yeah, let's put dollar on Shake it Shake right now? Shake All right Uh, I hate to uh, bet against him, but, you know. No, it's cool.
0: I'm like, you know, it's kind of one of those things, though, because since we have a new restaurant, it's like you want him to win because he deserves it, but at the same time you you don't want him to win. (laughs) We're about to get rampaged at the restaurant. We're like, oh, 185 covers. We're going to do 300 now.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right. So, um, well, congratulations, Johnny. All your hard work. I hope you stay there. I hope you don't get chased out because it's too hard for you. I don't think I'm gonna get chased out. All right. Well, I mean, you got and a lot not, of stresses. You got the show. You got girl, how staying, Mister? You got a baby coming. You got this new house. You know your girl wants you to put a ring on it, so <laughs> you got to get on top of that. Then you got expectations at your new job. I know. So you know, face, face, stand up and face adversity. You know what I'm saying? I got it though. Stand you know? up. But. It's it's only as as my sous chef says. It's only dinner. Were you not? Damn! What a good man. What a you good know? man. It's only dinner, guys. It's only food. We're not saving the world. Right? I mean, we are a little bit, but. (laughs) I'm saying one piece of fried chicken. We're fucking heroes. (laughs) Anyway, so moving Uh, on. All right. So, Johnny, I did not get to check our emails this weekend. Johnny checked our email and he found an interesting email. Uh, He was trying to explain it to me, but I said, just read it live on air. I said, do you want to talk about, uh, did you check the emails? Uh, said, yeah, he said there was a weird one. Oh, Johnny, take it away.
0: Yeah, so basically, I was at, um I got off work last night and I noticed that we had an email and I was like, I can't read it um, while I'm driving. So I get home and you know my dinner arrives and my girl's like, let's eat and I'm like, no, I just got the weirdest email. She's like, to your personal email or to? I was like, no, to girl. How long, it take, Mister? It's from somebody named Doltar Soljay <laughs> and. <laughs> and it's like coming to you from Mars and that's the that's the that's the headline and so I'm like I gotta read this so I like step aside and I read it and I realized it's an actual person it's not spam I was like is this like Ali and AJ from Toast is giving (laughs) us some bullshit again shout out (laughs) Ali and AJ (laughs) Toast but um so basically this is how it goes so it says coming at you from Mars um yesterday hello earthlings my real name is John Carter but these Martians up here or JDAC as they are known, keep insisting that I'm Doltar's Soljay and yelling at me to jump. It's terrifying and intriguing all at the same time. Anyways, I stumble across your podcast frequency whilst fumbling with their comms equipment, trying to order some food from Pepperoni and Bologna, the local pizza and sandwich shop. Yes, sandwich. Um, Up here. You and Mr. Toonamathan have a wonderful show and... And the entertaining relief from the psychos on Mars. Your witty banter really reminds me of all the friends back home in Virginia. So I pose you a question. Um, I've always been a bit of a foodie myself. Had experience in the facets of the industry there before. um, Waking up one day, the... Oh, waking up one day way the fuck on Mars and was wondering, what is the one element of a dining out experience that can truly elevate your opinion from a four star to a full on blow your away heart on five star experience? Is it creativity and ingenuity? uh, The way that the place is pub pushing boundaries and implementing bold and daring new ideas or is it more technical in how effectively a chef and staff are executing true to cuisine techniques and traditional flavors could it be something geared more towards the FOH like layout decor architecture flow and design maybe it's on point service from the floor staff beginning being super on top of their game menu and pairing knowledge the assets needed to of the guest before there's even a thought um for me honestly that element has always been the freshness and quality of the food pre prepped and plating scratch kitchens are the only place I want to be involved with professionally and therefore give me the most joint satisfaction leisurely currently I am working at a very small intimate fine dining restaurant I'm very reminiscent of the places I knew in Seattle every ingredient is acquired and prepared day of all cuts are performed in-house there is not a single freezer on the premises Ahi is flown in from Hawaii the day that it is caught no dish or libation has more than three to five ingre- ingredients it is an absolute principle of simplicity um, so again, I ask you both and whoever your guest might be, bummer, we were supposed to have one. Um, what is the element of a dining out experience that can truly take you to the next level? Hope you guys have a ripper day and keep that keep the ideas coming. Great show, old sport. Um, yeah. What's Dol-tar. this dude?
1: Doltar Soljay. Doltar Soljay. Doltar Soljay. Yeah. AKA John Carter. John Carter. Have you are like, see, uh, you you
0: like it from the movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, from the movie John Carter. Doltar Soljay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, instantly. Uh, my answer to that question is you could have a different answer. Mine that takes from a four, if I have a four, like I'm like in my mind this is a four and I want to go, oh, this is five. Recommend this. It's definitely, it's F-O-H. It's the service. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because... No matter how good your food is at a restaurant, and, th- and I think that's why it's so imperative. And I think a lot of restaurants overlook their front of the house hires. Yeah, like they go for looks instead they of they go for ability. looks, you know, or they go, they get somebody that's that's not that bright, but they're like we can train them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like you can't give somebody common sense sometimes. No, yeah, totally. You know what I'm saying? You can train them all about the food; they can know everything about the dish. But if they just don't have common sense, they just some people just don't shouldn't be in the service industry. Um, I, some people say it's an easy job, too. I don't think serving is an easy job. No, it's definitely not. But people step in there going, it's easy. I just got to run food. There's way more to no, it. No, that's a food runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even food runners, fuck it up. Oh, spill, yeah. spill shit all over people. Um, It's definitely the service because that server, I, I want a server to guide me through the menu and help me along with my dining experience.
0: Yeah, and they should know what things taste like or, you know, if you're like, I have this sort of palate or this sort of dietary restriction, what sort of things, you know, like you can um, partake in. Unfortunately, at our restaurant, we do everything in peanut oil.
1: Ooh. No, you don't have any other substitutions we like have, you don't have a separate fryer that's got sort. the fryer
0: the fryer only uses canola or like canola clear fry or whatever okay. but um, everything else is peanut basically everything else is peanut oil and if somebody wants something that's not that has a peanut allergy then we grab the grapeseed or something but it's actually peanut oil is cheaper than grapeseed yes Yeah. So I know that It's like, you know, it's better for us. It's more Southern. It's, you know, um, but yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's the thing also is it's not even about their knowledge so much as, as much as, um, they're going to know what to shy away from. Yeah, exactly. So when you ask for recommendations for stuff, don't recommend me some bullshit. Well, yeah, and a good server can also read people before they even know. That's right.
0: Like talking like they can talk to them for a couple seconds and be like, "All right, I kind of know what type of person. These
1: people you are. want want me to talk to them or these people want me to leave them the fuck alone." Yeah, exactly. They know that. And sometimes I'm in that mood. I'm I'm there with my lady, you know? I don't want a lot of banter. I just exactly. want, I want you to recommend some stuff, bring, you know, do some pairings, all you know, um you know, do do your job and then leave. Yeah. Other ones, I can sit around and talk talk trash with all day and yeah. ask them a little bit more totally. about the kitchen. Like one day,
0: I mean, I hate to give this shout out because I know that Keith works there and you know we've interviewed a couple people from there. It's a great restaurant, Cantonetta, but. Um, I know that they're a wine place, but they also have a cocktail menu. I didn't enjoy the fact that they didn't even show us a cocktail menu. They just pushed the wine on us. So Trying we, to sell
1: that wine. Yeah, dude. so
0: we got wine, but then I, I I didn't I had never been there, so I never I didn't know they had a cocktail menu. And then I see fucking negronis going
1: out, and I'm like, where's the cocktail menu at? Like, I need so I don't want wine. I don't drink wine. Um, I de- I definitely have to say that that even if the food is shit, man, even if the decor is garbage, all that stuff, a, a server, a good server can change my mind about any place. It's true, um, any place, and if they're honest with you about food, you know, you go into a place and like, don't order that. Yeah, we like some places, some 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 restaurants or some businesses are only solely open because of one dish on their menu. <laughs> They are known for that dish. They stay open because of that dish. They make a good pork. You know what I'm saying? They have a good chicken. They have good steaks. You know what I'm saying? Sausages, you know? That's why people come there. It's not... The other shit, it's not their octopus. I wonder know? if there's
0: a restaurant that's like,
1: they have a good green salad. You <laughs> know, Salad places, you know, <laughs> salad bars. I had a great discussion with my lady about salad bars the other day. It's like the uh, the meat there wasn't that good. I think it was a, uh, fuck, uh, she was somewhere out of the country, I believe. But... Um, they were eating at one of those uh, Brazilian type places, I okay. think, and they were like, "Man, f- me wasn't that, but that salad bar—that <laughs> was gag." I was like, "Who the fuck goes to a place for a salad bar?" But my answer is definitely service, 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 front of the house service. Uh, we need, to, I we need to get a front of the house yeah. server in here, one that can stand up for themselves. Both yeah. definitely. Johnny, what is your answer for um, Dolphar
0: Soljay? I agree with you, and partly that it is the service because I know that every time that I have a bad service experience it kind of ruins the whole the whole experience for me I like the food can be great times, yeah. but i'm just like oh man this server was just i didn't get my water like you know it's just like basic things like that but um i would also have to say the preparedness of the restaurant um one the first time i ever ate at solari i hate to hype up my restaurants all the time because it makes me look like you a bitch, do this but it's what you do you got to represent man the squad but it's like it was one of the best dining experience I had because when I, I, had never been there. I had never met Ed. Um, I sat at the counter and, um, the server was like, Oh, you're a chef. And Ed was like, Oh, you're a chef. And I'm like, I don't know how I, you know, this, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody this. And what they do is before service, they, they look up every single reservation on the list and they kind of Facebook stalk them. And they, they learn about them um, so that they can give them the best dining experience Smart. that they can have. Um, that way they also kind of know like what's going on if someone's kind of trying to sneak in. That's a like a blogger or something like that, <laughs> um, you know. But it's always like that, that sort of commitment to service goes far beyond anything that I've ever experienced. Um, even if it's just a little thing like knowing what I do for a living, um, it's just the fact that they are – they, they're ready you know like they, no hiccups you're not gonna you're not gonna mess up because you're gonna know everybody who comes in there um, yeah so you know it's called front of the house prep Running house prep, yeah, it's tight. And and then they, you know they list off all the people. They'll tell you. They'll tell chef. They'll be like, this person's coming in. This person's coming in at six thirty. Like even when chef is busy at June Baby, like prepping and doing baller stuff and you know whatever, somebody would call and be like, hey, blah blah blah, from down the street is here and they really want to see you. And he whips off his stuff and he goes down the street and he goes and entertains guests. Like it's tight, you know.
1: All right, well I hope that answered your uh, your question there, Doltar Soljay. Thank you for the email. I actually know who this is, but I'm not giving him a shout out on the show <laughs> he's a buster. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'll, I think I'm going to have a phone call interview. I will, we're going to get this guy on the show. Um, he lives down in Southern California. Oh, so Cal. So, dude, he's totally that dude. He's So, So. Dude. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, so moving on, uh, we got a couple quick uh, things we're going to cover. Uh, me and Johnny came across this story on Upworthy.com. Um, I really like this story. Johnny liked this story a lot. And uh, I encourage you, any people in the industry uh, who are in management, um, or ownership or own any kind of business, not even in the food industry. Um, take this story to heart and maybe figure out a way that you can do it, uh, pay it forward yourself. Um, so this is a story about paying it forward. Um, there's a, a New York style pizza uh, place in Philadelphia called Rosa's fresh pizza. And basically what happened is, is one day a customer came in and asked if there was, if homeless people ever came in looking for hot food and the owner of the restaurant who was from wall street in New York kind of wanted to get out of the business. And, uh, he really liked pizza, but he was from Philly. He went back down to Philly, opened up a pizza restaurant. And, uh, he said, yeah, you know, uh, occasionally people come in here and they're a little short and we kind of, you know, we, uh, you know, we'll cover, you know, whatever they don't have for a slice of pizza. this guy said, um, I would like to pay for the next homeless person's uh, slice of pizza that comes in here and asks for a piece of pizza. So if they come in and they're short, I've prepaid for it. So what the guy so did cool. was he literally just went out and bought a bunch of post-it notes and he uh, came in. He wrote, you know, one free slice of pizza and he hung it up behind the counter. Uh, customers started coming in and noticing that the post-it note was back there and asking if they could buy a homeless person a slice of pizza hmm. well after a while um, the whole restaurant is just covered in post-it notes um, the, the slice of pizza are only a dollar yeah so you know it's not that much but it is something that's really cool uh, well I think it's
0: cool because it's like you know there was an instance where he was talking and He's or one of the gentlemen who was homeless was talking he said I only had 65 cents and he told me to keep my change that somebody had already paid for my pizza. And he felt overjoyed. And it's like things like that where like sometimes they don't have the money or sometimes they probably need to use that money to for like something else. for something else, to get on the bus or shouldn't have a, to make that choice. Yeah, you know, you
1: can't you shouldn't have to make the you choice. You have both. Yeah, living and eating. The customer says that he was inspired by um, an Italian coffee house practice called Cafe Sosprezzo. Um it's suspended coffee. It's where um a customer can pre purchase cups of coffee for a less fortunate customer. Um and so he wanted to um, in Italy? Yeah. And they so like he, their coffee. And so he wanted... To, well, I mean, homeless people in Italy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, you know they got to have their coffee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's... <laughs> in America, of course, it's pizza. I need my pizza, dog. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now they have homeless people that come in there all the time. And uh, it's they said they've... Uh, gave away about 10,000 slices of pizza to needy people in Philadelphia. Um, He said the pre-purchased slices of pizza now represent a whopping 10% of its business. Wow. So if just think about that too. If he wasn't giving pizza away to homeless people, He'd have ten percent less business. Yeah, so people it, are probably going to his pizza shop to pay it forward. Well, they make them feel good, and I just think it's a really, really, really cool thing. Um, he said people that who receive the slices have told him that generosity helps him avoid committing petty crimes to get money for food. Um, I know it saved people money. Um, he hasn't considered it it's stopping people from committing crimes, but that's just one effect that it can have on people, man. You know, uh, a full bell, full belly, you know, is a happy belly. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, if any of you guys out there, you know, considering you have businesses and stuff like that, and consider, I, I know a lot of people do in Seattle, at least, you know. But if you're listening outside of Seattle, anywhere in the United States, um, figure out how to donate extra food to food banks. You know, figure out how to how to uh, find a charity, and maybe once a week donate donate a meal. You know, it's it's not that expensive, and I'm sure your employees, your people that work for you, would be willing to maybe set aside their tips for that day or something. Yeah, like we do uh, youth care. Yeah. We go and serve food to youth care. Um, exactly. Ethan Stoll goes out with the Mission Gospel Church all the time. Yeah. Rides around with them. He also invites our council, uh, city council people to go with them. It's just like little things, you know. That's dope that a fucking chef's out there doing it about our city council. People can't ride around with them and see what the homeless people who are hungry. Sawat, so I with you them. would do. Sawat so would? Sawat. So nah, she, well, she'd tell them to right After up. causing a riot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk shit about her, man. I've met her before. She's, she's yeah, I don't know, man. She's, she's raising some eyebrows, you know she is shout out yeah. alright Johnny what do we got next here on grill how long steak mister uh, just picked it up and it'll be 17 mayhem mayhem it's the mayday, mayday. it's too many people <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so next up sorry I was in my email and now I have to go to my messages um, we we're, we're talking gonna,
1: about fancy restaurants talking about
0: fancy restaurants yeah
1: um, I don't want to watch that video so. <laughs> this is why we don't have James Beard Award. We're not as organized as whatever. That's what makes us dope. Our producer leaves all the time too. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go get my kid. I gotta go make dinner <laughs> before the riots come. <laughs> he was uh, he was uh, facetiming with his with his baby's mama. We walked in and she was like, "Uh, are you worried about the riots?" And he was like, "I'll drive through those people." <laughs> Um, Anyway, so
0: a flashy restaurant called Circadia uh, closed after six months in Seattle recently. Um... It, w- it had a Vegas vibe, uh, it was called, it's the ultra fancy circadia, uh, closed after half a year of taking on the high end of di- dining downtown. A tipster spotted yesterday's Facebook announcement, which left the door open to a future comeback, saying we are currently closed for business while we ponder our next chapter, and liking the newsletter sign up for the updates. Hard to say whether the restaurant will bear the... Um, blame in observers' minds or if Seattle's alleged, aversion to glamorous fine dining will take the brunt of c- complaints. Um, a couple of restaurants in Seattle have had this happen to them. One of them was um, Naka on Capitol Hill. Um, which was not getting repeat customers, so they closed down, revamped their um restaurant and menu, and instead of producing I wanna say a hundred and seventy dollar kaiseki tasting menu, which was about five courses or six courses, they're now doing a thirty-five dollar uh three course. Um, still keeping the quality of the food and the plating, um the food service. About this. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Vestal, which is a Joshua Henderson restaurant. Um I don't even,
1: I didn't even know it was open. Um, yeah. And I want to, uh, I just stopped, need to stop saying shout out. I ate at his, good point. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I finally got a chance to go eat at his ramen spot uh, next to uh, Great Western Burger Place down there, the, the top of the and Amazon. In Ravenna? No, no, no. Here, downtown Amazon buildings. Oh, okay. How was it? It's called Kaiku, I think. Well, it was great, but uh, I'd walked in there. This shit's funny as hell, too. I wanted to get ramen. Of course, our popular ramen place up on the hills fucked up. So I was, ramen was in my head. And I, went, I thought about Dintai Fong. It's opened up downtown now. <clears throat> they had a two-hour wait. So I was like, oh, my homie is the chef at Josh Henderson's new ramen spot. Uh, he's my, one of my old coworkers. White guy? White guy. This is a good <laughs> point. So we go down there. It's, it's. I didn't know what time they closed. It's Ted Till. I order food and she's like we're about doing last call I was like perfect I'm sorry <laughs> I'm that guy homeboy looks out well first the person behind the counter doesn't know I know anybody starts talking shit about the chef there Right? Starts running her mouth over some little small thing about he wants it to look a certain way and the vibe be a certain way. And then my boy comes out and looks like, fucking who's ordering? Fucked? Oh, it's Robbie. Shit, motherfucker. Comes out there, says what's up to me. Uh, of course, is real good. We start talking about the restaurant. He told me about Vestal. What happened with Vestal? said, nope, they had some really bad reviews. After the reviews, they never really came back. Nobody's looking for a, Nobody knew it was there. It's tucked away in between yeah. two small places. And it just didn't fit. It didn't, like... It didn't fit in that area. No. Nobody, it's in Southland Union, which is Amazon headquarters, right? Everybody lives there, is there all day because they're working at Amazon. Not that many people are really living there. It's not the type of place you want to go out to a fancy dinner. The same problem is happening with Cuoco, which is Tom Douglas's fancy Italian restaurant. I have my friend as the head chef there, and they're doing okay. But they're not doing like they want to do, and it's because it's super fancy, and those Amazon workers do not want fancy food. Yeah, republics having that same issue. Yeah. mollusk. So it's it's a funny thing, but the funny thing about the white people you said was that they got a lot of shit from people when they first opened up at um, – this was another funny thing. People – were so fucking pissed about the twenty percent gratuity included at the ramen place. Oh, really? When they first opened up, um, it's it's a it's a come in. You stand up, you order, then you sit down, you eat up, you get out. But people were livid about the twenty percent. So, uh, and Josh Henderson, shout out my man. I'm all. I'm with the 20%. I'll pay yeah, that. I'll that pay that. You know, so. I'm with that. He stuck to his guns. He told the investors there, I guess, you know, I want to keep it. They let him keep it. And then finally, he couldn't fight it anymore. And so he went back to the old way. Now people are tipping more than what the 20% would have been. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So he, it's just all the way you present it. And then they were like, who does this guy I think he is? You know, you got two white boys, both are white boys, you know, got some sweet, sweet anime tattoos and glasses, and they're in here cooking ramen, you know? So people were pissed. But seems you're working out pretty good now.
0: That's good. So I mean, some I, I, feel, I feel that way, too, um, Every because it's like it's really hard to find a place in Seattle where— you know, a Japanese person or an Asian person in general is cooking ramen. Every time you go to a ramen shop, you're like, "Oh, it's a white guy in a ponytail." Like,
1: <laughs> my homeboy's nickname is Ponytail.
0: <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like I hate to, you know, make that generic. It was good, assumption. man. I am mean, it, sure, I'm it sure good.
1: it's good. It's all about the process, though, and that's you know? the thing about it is, is like, if you know this, if you you don't know the people's backstory, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I don't know about Mr. Henderson. Uh, I don't think he's ever owned a ramen shop, but he brought in my buddy who used to own a Japanese restaurant. Ballard and I've actually watched the dude do what his research. What restaurant in Ballard? I can't remember the name of it. It was a while. It was only open for two years. Was it the place that where no bones is now? I don't know. The I vegan have, barbecue place? I have no idea. I don't remember. Oh. But uh, I've watched his process. I mean I've seen him come in. I, I was there from I saw him doing a lot of vegan. I tasted a bunch of his broth. We actually were gonna he was gonna come in the show. He did a pop up down at uh uh Kraken Conji. Oh, okay. We were supposed to cover that. Um, so he knows his shit. Um, I believe he was married to an Asian woman. You know, I don't think that you know really matters, but you know he has an affinity. He he enjoys you know that type of cuisine. So you really shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Um, it's actually really good. I don't. I'm just worried about getting hair in my ramen. <laughs> Pony boy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, fancy restaurants.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's happened to a lot of places. Um, going back to Vestal, I didn't know that it was open. Um, but I ha- I mean, I remember when I was looking for a job that they were hiring and I wanted to go there for their valentine's day menu to try it out and the menu just wasn't popping you know like it wasn't speaking to me i guess i was like there's a lot of not weird stuff on there but just i didn't i was like there's a lot of basic stuff on here i don't know if i'm ready to spend that much money um so now they're closing down and they're reopening up as a burger shop no, I don't think it's a Burger Shop. Well, uh, they're gonna have burgers on the menu. It's gonna be a bar of some sort. But he's he's posting all these pictures on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> my
1: friend told me about it when uh, I like was. burgers. Um, before wh- before this article came out, my friend was telling me about this last week, and I was like, "That sucks. It's shut down already." Yeah, it wasn't open for that long. No, um, and it's you know just the neighborhood. It's tough. It's
0: like. I think what's going on in Seattle is that the price of rent is going up so much that people are more worried about being able to pay their rent than having a fancy meal. Like maybe when they go out for a special occasion, a birthday, an anniversary, you know, a friends in town or something, and they wanna splurge like that. Um, there's still some establishments that are still doing those sorts of things, you know, Canlis, Art of the Table. Um, uh, I wanna say, what's that place? It just opened up. I mean, Eden Hill is doing it as well.
1: Yeah, but Uh, see, the thing, the difference that I think that that we wanted, that I want to talk about on the show, I don't know your point of view of it, but my point of view of it was I feel like a fucking dick going into some of these restaurants like this Circadia. If I walk in there, I feel underdressed. Yeah, people in Seattle at least we, we dress casually. We dress casually all day, all the time. I mean, look when it rains outside. We not a lot of us. will always wear raincoats. It's like and why I dress
0: up when you're just gonna get your belly fat, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think sometimes you're we get intimidated by places like this. No, totally. Um, even though, the, and look at the people that have the money. A lot of these tech tech people that are moving to this city. Um, a, they don't know anything about this fancy food. C, they. They're fresh out of college, a lot of them. They're are. either fresh out of college or they're fresh from overseas. So, like, that's. They don't of- know anything about dressing up and going out to a fancy yeah. restaurant. So, they look in the windows and see this place. Not only are they intimidated by the decor, but they're intimidated by the menu. And the clientele, most likely. So, yeah. So they probably see the people so, in there and eating. And the thing about it is, a lot of these really, really, really fancy restaurants look pretty basic inside. Yeah. They're not too modern. They're kind of home style. Um, they have a cup, maybe a, a, a main focal point. That's expensive in the dining area that draws your attention to it. But for everything else, the the tables and the chairs, the floor, everything's pretty basic. You know, a lot of wood, a lot of rich colors. Um, Something makes you feel homely, you know, comfortable, um, relaxed. Uh, But then you look at the menu and it's very modern, very fancy. You know, Uh, it's worded pretty simple so you can understand it. Um, And the prices reflect that, you know, so it's still fine dining, but it's casual fine dining. So I think a lot of these really, really fancy places out there that aren't succeeding are just intimidating a lot of their clientele.
0: Think so, Johnny? I think so. It's, you know, I I find myself not doing that or
1: not going out to eat fancy meals. Well, I mean, this, you know? this perfect example, this restaurant, Circadia, right? It looked fancy. I mean, I read about it when it opened up. I didn't really know anybody who worked there. I heard a couple of the people's names who were involved in it sound like uber fancy people that aren't even really from seattle yeah to be honest they were just looking to come here and take advantage of of our um dining uh, well yeah i think a lot of
0: people feel like since we're such an expensive city and we have a dining culture that that's what that people are willing to spend that much money on food and that's just not the case um you know it's like that's why Tom Douglas drives in this city he's a homeboy he's a homeboy he makes good food that, we know him we don't know you fool no new friends right haven't you heard that song <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just like you got to you got to bring something that's approachable because most of the time people are just trying to get grab a quick bite um, unless it's a special occasion exactly but yeah so i just want to touch on that for a second
1: yeah we we'll, we're we'll going to do some more updates around this um I know, yeah. I'd heard a couple of the people on here, and it just looks like I went out and they, they they poached a couple people from other places and uh, tried to open a fancy restaurant. Uh, we get, we do get intimidated sometimes. Um, I, I I try to act like I'm super casual all the time, and everything nothing, nothing ever phases me, but. Sometimes I go into fancy places, and if it's too fancy, I really feel awkward and out of place. So um, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 70. We're going to bust into our ingredient of the week. Yeah. Uh, Johannathan Tudomathan has chose habanero peppers. Habanero? Habaneros. And we both decided to do uh, sauces. So, yeah. So, um, Johnny, do you want to go first or you want me to go first?
0: I'll go first. Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, man. I'm fucking tired. i um, <laughs> So I'm going to do a habanero hot sauce. Um I think it's really I think it's really tasty. One thing that I've been eating it on a lot lately is uh, fried chicken. With that it's so good. It's like so good. And it's super basic. Um was that your impression of hello? It's so it? good. No, my impression so of hello would be different. Be like, where's I need a piece of
1: paper to do the
0: first Shout
1: out, hello. Shout out, hello. <laughs> Shout out hello. She's done a cooking competition in PDX right now with tuna. Aren't they done? I think they might be back over. He was cooking bison steaks. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? And in the pan that he was in. Uh I always forget the technique when you're uh butter basing? Yeah. Uh shit looked burnt. I know. I was like
0: <laughs> I was so super close to be like, get that shit out the pan. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, dude. You uh, can take a picture when it's look resting. at the
1: garlic is burnt. That butter is
0: separated. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn uh, flavorful uh, on the podcast. That's cool. Tune uh, a
0: big Tina's a big guy. He knows what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, so um um, what you're going to do with this is it's basically super basic. You're going to get some distilled vinegar, some sugar, some salts and your peppers. Um, what you're going to do is, um, kind of like a, a three, two, one process for your, for your liquid. You're going to take what I have here. This is a recipe that we use is, um, 1886 grams of habanero peppers. Man stop telling these people on our podcast and wait, man. They, all of them don't have scales at their house. Well if they don't have a scale then then they have a problem because in order to make this <laughs> stuff right and good, you need to use do it by weight because you're you're if you do it and uh not- Amer- and not metric system then what you, what's going to happen is you're going to have an off taste because what you do, <laughs> when you're doing it
1: in metric it literally measures everything out so it actually has a balance of flavor i know i know what you're saying johnny and i was taught by the one of the same chefs as you were about weight i learned but i have all the i have all the weights here it's pr- you can go to safeway and pick up a, a
0: scale that does grams it's like 10 bucks it's not even that big of a deal <sighs> Oh, all right, Johnny, you stick to your guns. Thank you. Anyway, so you're going to do 1,886 grams of habanero peppers. You're going to cut the tops off. And what I would do is I would de-seed half of them and leave the other half seed in.
1: Ooh, hot fire.
0: Because if you don't de-seed them, you're going to freaking
1: flame your butt. But you said you said de-seed, you're going to keep half of them with the seeds in? Yeah. Ooh, hot fire. <laughs> it's hot sauce. Um, Make sure you wear gloves, people. Yeah. Oh, my God. Make
0: sure you wear gloves. two pairs of gloves. Don't touch your penis. No. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Um, anyway, so then you'll do 270, uh, 2781 grams of distilled vinegar just to cover. Um, and then you'll do 233 grams of salt and 93 grams of sugar. Um, what the sugar and the salt are for, you're going to basically, what it, what it does is it's 2% of the total weight of sugar and 5% of the total weight in salt. And what that's going to do is it's going to make sure that it's not over salty and it's not over sweet. Um, and what you're gonna do is you're gonna blend them all together in a in a blender um you know if you if you have a fancy vitamix or a ninja or something like that it makes it even better because you're gonna want to blend it the shit out of it you know you're gonna want to make sure you gr- you grind it down um after you blend all your your ingredients together and you make that process put it in a large container or a small container don't separate it out yet into bottles if you're trying to be like cool and like serve it at a party or something like that because what you want to do is let that hot sauce ferment Um, so leave it out I would say for a maximum of a week Um, and then what you can do is you can put it in the fridge and store it that way. And then you can bottle it up later, but you really want to let it sit and like absorb all that flavor, stirring it every so often. Um, as long as you can, if it gets mold, it's fine. Uh, while it's sitting out, it can be, you know, um, just can't be bad mold. What's the bad mold again? Like black mold and, uh green mold <laughs> no gray mold gray mold yeah black mold and gray mold but if it's green mold which happens a lot we had we actually had a Serrano hot sauce that had like a thick layer of green mold and somebody threw it out and we're like no because it was good still. But yeah, so, you know, that's a quick little recipe just to make something fancy for a party.
1: Okay, I'm going to do a habanero cream sauce. What you're going to need, people? You're going to need about three habanero peppers. I'd do uh, one uh, cup of cream. You want to split that in half. Uh, put it in two separate cups. So a half a cup here, a half a cup there. Uh, you want about three pats of butter. You want about three tablespoons of all-purpose flour. A uh, couple pinches of salt. uh A couple pinches of paprika, a small handful of cilantro, and you're going to want two whole cloves of garlic. Uh, You want to preheat your oven to about 350, 375, depending on how good your oven is, whatever. Um, You want to cover the peppers and the garlic in, um, let's see... Yeah, olive oil, whatever. Um, and then toss it in a pan, toss it in the oven. Uh, it's gonna take about yeah five to ten minutes um, until they're really golden brown. I'd almost even char them, you know, get them, get them nice and dark. Uh, you want to pull them out. Make sure you wear gloves. Cut open the peppers. Take the take all of the seeds out of there. Those seeds are fucking fire, son. <laughs> um, and then you're gonna throw the garlic, um, you're, the whole garlic, clove, cloves. Then you're gonna throw the whole um, peppers into a, a, a food processor, or you can use an immersion blender uh, with half of that cream, okay? And then you stick your immersion blender or you turn your blender on your food processor, you're gonna make it nice and smooth, okay? And then you wanna take those pats of butter and you wanna put it into a pan. Um, you wanna uh, heat those down until they're liquefied. I mean, until it gets liquefied, and then throw your. Um, flour in there. Um, you want to let it brown up a little bit. Make sure the, you know, t- no no chunks are in there um, of flour, um, about two to three minutes. And then you want to add your pepper mixture in there. Um, add the rest of your cream. And then you want to add your cilantro and you want to add your paprika and your salt. You can throw some pepper in there too if you'd like. I'd use white pepper. Um, and then heat it up, bring it up to heat make sure it's nice and smooth uh you can thicken it as much as you you, add your cream slowly uh because um if it's if it's too thick um you can always add more cream to it but if you add too much cream to it it's gonna be all watery and stuff um so yeah that's a nice little habanero cream sauce um play with it if you'd like uh but yeah you can freeze it you can store it in your fridge uh you can serve it right there if i was you i'd put it in the fridge and let it marinate for a couple days but that's just me (laughs) anyway everything uh, marinates baby yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your time, man. Or Prep, man, days ahead of time. Get it together, people. Um, yeah, that was episode 70 of Grow How Long's Take, Mr. We were supposed to have a guest today, but he backed out cuz he's a bitch. Man, IKEA is difficult. Yeah, he had to go to IKEA with his lady friend and uh we were we were going to talk about uh food allergies today. Oh, we can do that soon. Yeah, we'll get him back in here. Um, we just need to work on more guests. Everybody we always oh, people say yes, but we just don't we're not good at scheduling. Anyway, social media is Johnny. Take him away. You can find us on
0: <sighs> Instagram uh, at How long steak, or at How long steak, Mister. Um, Twitter. That's at Grill How Long Steak. Yeah, at Grill How Long Steak Mister. Sorry, Twitter is at How long steak, Mister. Instagram is Grill How Long Steak Mister. Uh, Facebook. Yeah, that's what I meant to say, Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, My it. brain is fried, dude. Um, and then if you want to shoot us one of them emails, Do like Doltar Soldier. Doltar
1: Soldier. Doltar Soldier. You can hit us. I don't think Doltar Soldier is from Mars. He mm. sounds like he's from Uranus. they <laughs> 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 batty boy. Um,
0: but you can hit us on the email at grillha long steak mister. That's Mr. Mr at gmail.com. Shout out James Yader for hooking up the. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Twitter, Twitter. Hattrick,
1: photographer. I also want to shout out OC Notes for our opening music, too. I don't ever get to shout him out very much. Check him out. Uh, OC Notes, so you can check. He's all over oh the internet. It, yeah, he's also uh, uh, Metal Chocolates. Uh, he's also some other Metal shit. Metal Chocolates. Yeah, it's his rap group with uh, Rick Rude. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> check him out. That's pretty funny. Yep. Anyway, uh, I'm on Instagram at Bobby Stills. He's at Instagram at Johnny Tsunami. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, give us some likes, uh, comments, rates, review, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, all that good stuff. I know yeah. some people listen to us on Podcast Attic, and uh, yeah, man, uh, shoot us some topics, man.
0: Yeah, as you see, we definitely answer emails when we get them.
1: So. Yep. Check you later, people. Peace. Grill. How long's take, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a
0: dick, bitch.